My own questions about this verse brought up a lot of thoughts about the concept of home. What does it mean to make your home somewhere? What is home anyway? Is it a place, a building? Is it people? Is it things? What makes a home a home for you? Uh, I'd like to start this morning with a little question. Uh, and I do actually want, sorry, my hair is stuck in my microphone. There we go. Uh, I would like actual answers. So I know we haven't done this in a while where I have you say things out loud, but I believe in you, you can do it. So um, what are the characteristics of a good fisherman or woman? Patience. Patience. I'm writing these down. Knowledge. What? A boat. <laughs> I mean, sure. Persistence. Good eyesight. Bait. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> No surprise to anybody, that's why my dad didn't like me being on the boat with him when I was a kid. Did I stay quiet? Nope, nope I didn't. I sang to the fish. <laughs> Anyone else? Okay, that's a pretty good list, pretty good list. Um, patience, knowledge, persistence, good eyesight, silence, a boat, bait, good. When I tried to answer this question for myself, I thought of the best fisherman I know, which is my stepdad, Mark. Uh, and here are the characteristics uh, of him uh, in fishing that came to me, which was patience, was the first one I thought. Quiet, still, uh, skill born from experience, adaptability, consistency, and a willingness to change and try new things. So our combined list has a lot of the same things on it, right? So I want you to just, we're gonna put a pin in that, set it over here, we'll come back to it, I promise. Today's gospel story is a pretty familiar one. It is in all of the gospel accounts. All four gospels have some story of the calling of the disciples. Uh, we hear it each year. And as we are spending this year primarily in Matthew's gospel, we get Matthew's call of the disciple story today. There are details in Matthew's telling of this story that do not exist in the other tellings. And that is where I want to begin. So in verse 12, we start this story it says, when Jesus heard that John had been put into prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Now, at first glance, this might seem like Jesus is afraid of the same fate as his cousin, so he goes somewhere else. But if you just jump ahead real quick to verse 17, you'll hear familiar words. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Who does that sound like? Sounds like John. John said those exact same things, right? Jesus is not running away here. He is picking up the work of his cousin John and continuing it in a new place. It's important to note that the word for repent in the original Greek is metanoia, which I hope many of you remember from last Lent. That was our theme last year for Lent. Uh, this word metanoia, repent, does not have anything to do with sin necessarily, but it means to turn around 
to change direction, kind of a 180. Choose a new way, Jesus says, as he begins to preach in and around the Sea of Galilee. Jesus preaches this, and then the people he talks to live it out right in front of us. That's what we get to experience in this story today. In verse 13, Matthew says, Leaving Nazareth, Jesus went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. So this detail here in verse 13, not the main point of today's gospel story, not at all. I'm very aware of this. We don't call this Capernaum Sunday. We call it the Calling of the Disciples Sunday. But it is the verse that stuck out to me when I was reading this text this year. Because Jesus chose to live in this particular place. The Greek word used here is katokeo, katoikeo, which means to settle, dwell, or live. Jesus chose to live in Capernaum. He left his home of Nazareth where his family still lived. And when he decided where to live on his own, he chose Capernaum. So I just returned the other night, Friday night, late from a trip to the Holy Land. I got to hang out in Capernaum one of the days. It was lovely. I loved the Sea of Galilee. It was the place I wanted to spend the most time. Um, we are talking to my tour leader, and he was, I was like, this was the thing I wanted to do the most as we were on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. And he was like, this? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, not like Jesus things? <laughs> I was like, no, this, I wanted to be on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. So we um, were in Capernaum. This is the plaque as you walk into the old town of Capernaum. It says Capernaum, the town of Jesus. This is where Jesus chose to live. This town is right on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. I gave Nick a panorama. I think you can see it pretty well there. It's a little dark. Um, but it was so beautiful. We had been raining for two days. The sun came out while we were in Capernaum, and this was the sun on the calm, calm Sea of Galilee, right on the shores of Capernaum. We were in Capernaum. That was the view. Um, Capernaum in Jesus' time was a very small town. Only a few thousand people lived there. But its location made it very strong economically. It was very diverse. It had a lot of visitors from the surrounding areas and countries, lots of foot traffic in Capernaum. Jesus chose a place with both ethnic and religious diversity on purpose. Why? This was the question I kept on asking as I sat on the shores of the Sea of Galilee in Capernaum last week. I pondered this question for a very long time. Why here? I even asked our theological expert on the trip, we had Dr. Michael Chan from UCB Luther Seminary, now he's at Concordia in Moorhead, if he could answer this question, and he wondered if I could be okay with the mystery in not being able to answer the why of Jesus living there. That was his question back to me. The answer is no, I cannot. <laughs> um, but we wondered together a bit about this. My own questions about this verse brought up a lot of thoughts about the concept of home. What does it mean to make your home somewhere? What is home, anyway? Is it a place, a building? Is it people? Is it things? What makes a home a home for you? I think it matters that Jesus wanted to live on the Sea of Galilee that he chose Capernaum as that place. 
And yes, he didn't stay here as long as he lived in Nazareth, right? His ministry often took him out and around the surrounding countryside, out of town quite often. But when he came home, he came to Capernaum. And I think that is just lovely. Jesus began his ministry in this place by creating a new way in a new home. So he begins in verse 18, As Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. And then he sees James and John also, but it's basically the same story repeated, so I'll just stop there. There are so many details about this moment that we could talk through. Jesus was a teacher and a preacher, but people didn't really know him yet in this town. He was new to town, right? He had just started his teaching. He had yet to perform any miracles at this point. And he was walking along the shore of the lake. Now, that's what I would do if I was new to town. I'd take a walk by the lake. That's pretty standard for me. And this is what he was doing as he was out and about. He was taking a walk in the town he now lived, and he saw two brothers, and they were doing their job. And Jesus called out to them, Come and follow me. And these two fishermen left their nets and followed. Turn your life around. Create a new way. Change everything. These verses where Jesus calls out to Simon Peter and Andrew come right after he begins to preach around town. The verse that I jumped to earlier, verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven's drawing near. And then he says, come follow me. He calls out to some fishermen just doing their ordinary everyday jobs and they do it. They drop everything and follow him. And it's kind of incredible, really, if you think about what they did. Now here's where I could do a whole sermon about how these guys being fishermen meant that they could likely had stopped school to learn the trade of their family. They were just regular people doing regular jobs and Jesus came and called them to something new. And yes, that's true. I've even preached that exact sermon before. But again, I want to focus on something a little different today. That Jesus chose to make his home in Capernaum, a fishing village in the Sea of Galilee. Which means, when Jesus was figuring out where he would gather his motley crew of disciples, he didn't go to Jerusalem to find the best students with the best grades and the deepest theology and the hottest takes. He went to Capernaum, where the entire economy was built around fishing. There is a skill set needed for fishing that translated to discipleship in a way that mattered to Jesus more than anything else. I think when we start from disciples, we think of some of those less attainable or less approachable characteristics, like a fancy theology degree, or kind of personality that's magnetic and draws people in, or even someone who just has a rock-solid, really good faith. Now, if you Google, and I do not recommend doing this, so I did it for you, but I don't recommend trying it on your own. It's not fun. But if you Google characteristics of disciples, You'll find list after list after list trying to give you a checklist. Five marks of a disciple of Jesus. 
10 ways to be a good disciple. Oof, oof, it's tough, guys, it's tough. You will see words like faithfulness, loyalty, acceptance, evangelism, and you will immediately want to crawl right back into bed because who can do it? But Jesus doesn't seek out disciples who have it all together, who have the best faith and rock-solid theology. He finds some fishermen. Don Miller, uh, author of many books, but maybe best known for Blue Like Jazz, made his own list of characteristics of the disciples. It looked like this. I, I know it's small, so I'm going to read it for you. Five characteristics of a disciple. One, you keep pestering Jesus about who he will give more power to in heaven. Number two, you have no theological training but own a small fishing business, which somehow makes you qualified because you get it. Number three, people ask if you know Jesus and you freak out and say no and run away. <laughs> Number four, you teach bad theology and have to have somebody else come over and correct you. Number five, you choose other disciples by playing rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> At least that's an honest list, right? Those are things I can do. I can do all of those, right? I want to go back to the list we made at the start. Do you remember it? Characteristics of a fisherman or woman? Patience, stillness, flexibility, adaptability, persistence. It's a very different list than faithfulness, the best student, rock-solid faith. Somewhere along the way, we've decided that disciple is code for has their faith all figured out or a really holy person, when in fact it's just some regular people doing regular people things, and Jesus sees them for exactly who they are and says, follow me. Now, like I said earlier, this thing Jesus asks of these disciples, Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John, it feels like an impossible task. And their response feels like an impossible response. Follow me. I'm like, okay, I could do that, but then leave everything? Is that really what I'm being asked to do? I like my life. I don't want to leave any of it behind. When we make the story about our response, leave it all behind to follow me. If you don't, then what is our answer? Then you aren't really a disciple, right? It feels not that good. And that has always been my struggle with the story. Am I doing it right? Am I good enough to be a disciple? My favorite author and preacher, Barbara Brown Taylor, wrote, this is no story about the power of human beings to change their lives, to leave everything behind and follow. This is a story about the power of God to walk right up to a quartet of fishermen and work a miracle, creating faith where there was no faith, creating disciples where there were none a moment before. This is not a story about us. This is a story about God. I am no expert on this, she continues, but if you ask me, then I think sometimes we read the story too narrowly. I'm not sure that following Jesus is always a matter of leaving everything behind. If the story is about instead being swept into the flow of God's work in the world, then it seems to me it will be a different story for every one of us in our own particular lives. 
Preach it, St. Barbara. Every single day, Jesus comes to you doing your normal, everyday, regular people things and says, you, you are exactly who I need with me. Exactly you, particularly you. You with what you know and what you are good at and who you really are, not who you think you need to be, but who you really are is who I want with me. Jesus calls James and John and Peter and Andrew to repentance, to drastically do something different, not because they've been doing something wrong, but because they are the ones who can do it right. Every call is particular. Mine, yours, they are all unique, just as we are all unique, and we are all called. That is the point of this story. We are all called. We are called to follow, to be swept up in what God is doing in the world, to find our place in it just as we are, just as you already are. You are so loved, and God wants you to be a part of what God is doing in the world. When Jesus left the disciples, ascended up to God, God sent the Spirit to be with them instead. It is the same with us. And do you know what word we use to describe the Spirit coming to be with us? Dwell. The Spirit dwells within you. So then God chose to make a home in you. When God chose where God would stay, God chose to be with you. Every day, every breath, God looks at you and sees you for exactly who you are and says, I choose you. I choose you. Follow me. So let's go. Amen. Um, So we were reminded today that you are called, you are seen just as you are. God sees you, God loves you, and God chooses to make God's home in you, with you. You are one of the disciples. You are loved. You have been called, and now you too are sent to go in peace, to love, and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.